From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, RV camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. A warm welcome to all of you listening in on one of our affiliate stations, the podcasts, of course, TalkZone.com, and, uh, of course, the uh, Conspiracy Show app. Megan Barth, the founder of ReaganBaby.com, will be along shortly uh, to discuss the Election Integrity Project and the possibility that the upcoming presidential election, just weeks away, is rigged. Uh, you might... <laughs> The words election and integrity in the same sentence, I gotta tell you, if it, if it, if it wasn't so surreal and tragic, uh, and maddening, it would be funny. Um, I think I mentioned this once when I was hosting Coast to Coast. It's, this whole U.S. election, presidential election, has been like one long Gary Larson far side cartoon, uh, for those of you who remember the far side. Um, it is. It's absolutely surreal what's going on. One uh, commentator has described the role of the so-called fourth estate in this, uh, you know, essentially being in the tank for Hillary Clinton. And I'm not, I'm not here to tell you to vote Trump or Clinton or Gary Johnson or Jill Stein. Um, leave Trump out of this for a moment and just look at the way the mainstream media is 100% all in in the tank for Hillary Clinton. They're so brazen about it. They're not even trying to hide the fact. And this commentator has referred to the Fourth Estate as a, this is a coup d'etat. And I have to agree with that. The total absence of coverage. Thousands of WikiLeaks documents that under normal circumstances should have ended Hillary Clinton's campaign dead in its tracks. This stuff makes Watergate look like a minor parking violation. That's not an exaggeration. We have a speech that Hillary made to Brazilian bankers in which she admits her dream, her goal, is open borders throughout the Western Hemisphere. How many Americans, I don't care what political stripe, do you think would be fine with that? You erase the borders. Essentially, that's an end to your national sovereignty. Democrats are patriots too. So are independents. So are Green Party uh, followers, I'm sure. They'd all be pretty livid if they understood and, and knew that this was Hillary's intention. How about a speech to Wall Street Insiders where she admits it's necessary to have two positions on any given issue, a public position and a private one. In other words, it's necessary to lie to the electorate about your real position, like open borders. How about leaked emails from Insider Campaign that demonstrate, I mean, this is so blatant. You have these leaked emails and conversations between members of the DNC talking about how necessary it is to keep American voters, to keep the electorate uninformed, keep them confused, and how it's getting more difficult to do that, perhaps with things like the Internet. And so they have to sort of double down. Leaked emails inside her campaign demonstrating extreme religious bigotry, demeaning and hateful comments about Catholics. We, we've forgotten that Catholics comprise about 25% of the electorate. That is a huge voting block. And evangelicals, very derogatory. It's, it's religious bigotry is what it is, and is rampant within the Democratic Party. And yet none of these things are being reported. 
by CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, you name it, the Washington Post, the New York Times. This is malpractice at the very, very least. It would take me four hours to go through all the WikiLeaks documents, and virtually none of these, again, being discussed. They firebombed the Republican National uh, Convention headquarters in North Carolina, in Carolina. Firebombed it. Virtually no coverage. What is going on? This is the sort of thing, when you have this sort of collusion on the part of the the mainstream media, that's so blatant, so obvious, they don't even try to hide it anymore. This is the sort of thing that goes on in banana republics or the former Soviet Union, not the United States. A coup d'etat, to be sure. Uh, let me just, before we get to uh, Megan Barth, let me play a quick clip here from uh, CNN's Chris Cuomo. Also interesting is, remember, it's illegal to possess uh, these stolen documents. It's different for the media. So everything you learn about this, you're learning from us. And in full disclosure, let's take a look at what is in there and what it means. Joining us now, CNC. Uh, did you catch that? He's saying it's illegal. Did he say illegal to read it? Can we play that back? Are you able to play that back? Let me hear that again. Also interesting is, remember, it's illegal to possess uh, these stolen documents. It's different for the media. So everything you learn about this, you're learning from us. And in full disclosure, let's take a look at what is in there. And what okay, means. first of all, that's not true. It's Now, if it's illegal, it might be illegal for someone to, 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 to actually leak um, classified information, particularly if you know, you're an employee of the State Department. Uh, but once the document is leaked and disseminated and published, you can't, I mean, it would be illogical to, to say that you can't read it, you can't possess it. Once it's on your computer screen and you're reading, you don't actually hold the hard copy, that means you're, you're in possession of that document? Is that what he's saying? Chris Cuomo is either misinformed or he's lying. And it's almost like he's trying to fire a warning shot across the bow and telling people, don't read this stuff. You're not allowed. Anyway, we're going to get into the uh, U.S. presidential election. Is it possible it could be rigged? Well, I would argue it already has been. And, and it, it, it doesn't it doesn't take voter fraud in order to do it. It takes a complicit media being in the tank for one side or the other. Listen, if they were doing this, if they were in the tank for Donald Trump or Jill Stein, I'd be saying the same thing. Megan Barth is the founder and proprietor of ReaganBaby.com and a nationally recognized political commentator. She's appeared on the headline news CNN, Newsmax TV, One America News Network, America Trends with Dr. Gina, The Blaze Radio, and has regular weekly appearances on a variety of nationally syndicated radio shows. Megan Barth, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Richard, I'm doing great. Thank you very much. It was a very, it was a great opening. I enjoyed listening. Well, the, the, tell me a little bit about the election integrity project and, and the, the main focus. Are you concerned about voter fraud in the, in the, in the voting booths or are you, and are you as equally concerned about the rigging of an election through the mainstream media? Well, yeah, I think it's definitely an amalgam of, of those and, and much more. And, you know, we have to look at voter fraud kind of from a 10,000-foot view. And what this means is that open borders can create more voter, voter fraud. Uh, for example, you look at California. They passed a motor voter law. Anyone that possesses a driver's license, including an illegal immigrant, can now vote. So illegal immigrants can now vote in California, and you're looking at one-party rule. 
What you're also looking at in California is how the Election Integrity, Integrity Project got involved was because of the massive amounts of fraud they were uncovering, whereby people would show up, and this happened in the primary this year in California, whereby Sanders was robbed of his win in California because the voting machines and the vote electronic voting system um, had simply erased registered voters. So you had tens of thousands of people that showed up at the polls in California simply not to exist on the voter registration. Uh, if you had, uh, if you were an independent, uh, you were able to, uh, or a Democrat, you were, you, were, if you wanted to switch your vote, uh, and vote for somebody else or something, by law, you're supposed to be given a provisional ballot. Um, Padilla, the Secretary of State, advised, uh, all of the poll workers not to give that information out to prospective voters, uh, which is a violation of the law. Uh, but, Megan, so to, multiple- to be fair, isn't there kind of a long-standing tradition by both the Republicans and the Democrats to engage in some of these dirty tricks, things like caging or, for example, uh, as happened in Florida, uh, you know, there were re- reports, uh, and I'm not sure if they're 100% substantiated, but reports that in certain communities, African-Americans were told that the voting, uh, you know, the um, – the, uh, the electoral uh, station had been moved or had been closed, don't bother showing up. Uh, um, anyone who had the same name as a felon, even if they were in another state, were removed, expunged from voting lists. I mean, doesn't this go on from on both sides? Um, I, I don't know what specific case in Florida you're talking about, so I can't speak to that. However, there is a specific case in Florida that I can speak to whereby a Republican-seated senator who was caught on a hot mic or under an investigation whereby he wanted some guy to hack the electronic voting machines and give him a few, you know, extra thousand votes so he could win. And so this happens, yes, on both sides. And the problem is is that we do not follow the laws state by state and federal that are on the books, whereby, you know, the one person, one vote is critical to our republic. And what we have now is that the Democrats, however, will likely tell you there's no voter fraud, Yet you look at what happened uh, in Minnesota. Al Franken should not be a seated senator. He had 12, uh, I think there were 1,200 felons, or uh, right around 1,000 felons that had voted for him that they had caught after, um, and that's illegal. And he didn't. And that would have been the Delta. It was a very close race between, um, uh, between him and, and Norm Coleman. So, you know, we do have seated senators that actually are seated because of voter fraud. And so the laws that are, exist, uh, federally, Bill Clinton passed one, uh, in 2002 called HAVA. I believe it's, uh, is the correct, um, uh, yeah, HAVA. Uh, it's Help America Vote Act in 2002. It mandated sweeping reforms. It included a statewide voter registration system that would eliminate ineligible voters. But the problem is when the laws aren't followed, you have lawlessness. And this is what is happening across our country in every state. All right, Megan, we're going to head into a break. We'll come back and continue to discuss the possibility that the U.S. presidential election is rigged, whether that's by the mainstream media or whether it'll be done through electronic voting machines, which to me is very, very concerning. Think about that. No paper trail. They could basically, or metaphorically speaking, just unplug Unplug the, uh, the voting machine and uh, you, you place your vote. You uh, sort of electronically pull that lever, but it doesn't register. It doesn't go anywhere. 
All right, we will uh, come back and discuss further with Megan Barth, ReaganBaby.com, the website. My name is Richard Serrett. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Megan Barth is with us, ReaganBaby.com. Will the U.S. presidential election in uh, just a few weeks, will it be rigged? Will it be done at the uh, the voting booth? Or will it simply be sort of a much larger operation and done uh, at the uh, mainstream media level? Uh, I've never quite understood why um, federal court after federal court keeps striking down these voter ID laws. There was one in Texas. There was one, um, I think, one in North Carolina. And all they're asking is that um, an individual have photo ID that, and somehow there be, you know, we're told that this is discriminatory, that they're targeting African Americans, for example. How, why is it so difficult for anybody to get photo ID? Why is that discriminatory? Can you explain that to me? No, I really can't, and you really can't find a liberal that that can either. And that, and that, usually, you know, without voter ID, how do you protect the one person, one vote? How do you ensure that this person is who he says he is? I mean, we see James O'Keefe and Project Veritas opposing as Eric Holder in Washington, D.C. and getting Eric Holder's ballot. He posed as Matt, Matt, uh, Marshall Mathers, which otherwise known as Eminem, up in, up in Detroit, and he got his ballot. Uh, and so, the, you know, there is widespread fraud, and when we see this as they move people around from various districts to the districts to vote. We saw this in New York, where a man traveled from New York, and then he went over to New Jersey, and then he went over to Pennsylvania, and he, he voted in three different states. Um, you know, it's hard to catch these people, but it does happen. And so how else can you protect the identity of the voter as well as the one-vote, one-person vote other than photo ID? And this is why the Democrats, and it's typically liberal uh, judges. North Carolina's voter ID was overturned by a Clinton pointee, appointee. In Wisconsin, it was overturned by an Obama appointee. Um, in Texas, it was overturned by an Obama appointee. And it just keeps going on and on. And that's why, um, you know, our, our judiciary is being overrun uh, by uh, appointees from uh, a very Marxist leftist ideology whereby the Constitution is actually a living document. And so we must protect the judiciary as we must protect the Supreme Court in this election. And, so, and then perhaps, uh, you know, we can start building a, a voter ID project with uh, the Republican Party. Most people want it. Uh, but when uh, judges decide on the fate against the people, well, that's what we have. Now, the, the federal, uh, federal Appeals Court says, they claim... Uh, that in, let's see, I think it's the last out of the, uh, out of 20 million votes cast in the decade before, uh, the, um, voter ID law was attempted to be passed, uh, there are only two convictions for in-person voter fraud. Two people convicted out of 20 million votes cast. Uh, you, you would take, uh, umbrage, I'm, I'm guessing, with that, uh, with that quote. Well, yeah, I definitely take umbrage with that quote, but let's keep in mind that voter fraud is very hard to prosecute as well, and that usually the crimes are reduced to misdemeanors, and it's a slap on the hand, and there you go. Um, but ACORN was one of the biggest felonious um, enterprises, a Democrat enterprise, um, that had literally uh, been uh, 
excuse me, had literally been committing voter fraud for years and years and years. Right now in California, there are more people registered to vote than live in California. You tell me. <laughs> uh, Rudolph Giuliani, uh, who is uh, obviously one of uh, Trump's surrogates and, and uh, uh, champions, who's really, I think, has done, uh, you know, perhaps a greater, well, not perhaps, definitely a greater job at sort of prosecuting the case against Hillary Clinton than Trump himself has. Uh, but, but Giuliani uh, has been very outspoken in terms of election fraud, in particular in the urban areas. And um, he, he says they leave dead people on the rolls. They pay people to vote those dead people four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Uh, is there any proof of that, that the Democrats are are uh, leaving dead people on the rolls? I mean, that would have to be done with the um, the Secretary of State in the individual states, right? That would have to be done with their complicity? Well, 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 there are dead people on the rolls. There was just a, a study that came out, I think, that said there were a couple million dead people on the rolls, and they need to be cleaned up. Why aren't they being cleaned up? Well, you have to ask the Office of the Voter of the Registrar, and then you have to ask the Secretary of State, and you have to start demanding that the system, that that, that the entire uh, voting system be treated uh, with kid gloves, be treated with care. This is this is a very important enterprise, uh, a very important right in our country that not all countries have and not all women have had for the history of this country. So it's very important that the votes be protected by the laws that are on the books and accountability must be had. There must be, if it's a budget line item, whatever, but this needs to uh, be allocated as far as a budget is concerned in order to make sure that the resources are necessary to ensure a one-person, one-vote system. There are dead people on the rolls. People in Chicago have been devote, dead people in Chicago have been voting probably since Miss O'Malley's cow. So, you know, Daly got elected on, on the backs of, of dead people, even Kennedy out of Illinois. This is not a joke. Um, we also find properties that don't even exist that have voters registered there, and that and that happens in Nevada, here where I live, whereby hundreds and thousands of pieces of mail will come returned with an address that doesn't exist, yet people are registered to vote there. That affects gerrymandering. That affects electoral college. That affects census. You go on and on and on. So we have ghosts within our voting system. We have illegal immigrants. We have felons. Uh, we have uh, duplicitous uh, voting going on, and it's really just a perfect storm for an absolute rigging. And if the Democrats rigged the primary, why would they resist rigging the national? Like, you tell me. We've already uncovered through WikiLeaks the goals uh, of one-party rule that they have of keeping the people ignorant, uh, and this is one way, a good way to do it. With the help of the media. That was, perhaps, next to the uh, Hillary speech to the Brazilian banks um, saying her goal, her aim is for a hemispheric open borders, which is the end of the United States sovereignty. Next to that, sure. the next most damning uh, uh, leaked uh, email was the one, and I'm not sure who, who it was attributed to. It was someone within the DNC, again, talking about the need to keep Americans confused and unaware and in the right. dark and how it's getting increasingly more difficult to do that, I guess perhaps because of the Internet. So now we need to double our efforts. I mean, how right. more, more blatant could, we, could they possibly be? Right, yeah. Guess who else uh, was kept ignorant? The communists. Uh, you know, and so this is, this is the knowledge is power. And when you rip 
someone of their of the truth, when you don't provide the truth, when you don't truly report the truth. And that's why I started ReaganBaby.com, because I wasn't seeing the truth in the headlines. I wasn't seeing the truth come out of the mainstream media and headlines or the narrative. I saw protectionism going on. I saw um, unethical behavior. And I'm not a journalist. I have a bias, but I'm a truth seeker. And, well, that, um, you know what? There are no more journalists. I have well, Stone. I have Stone would be spinning in his grave. Where there are no Ed, Edward R. Murrows, there are no more uh, Woodward and Bernstein. Although I'm not even sure Woodward and Bernstein were really Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah, no, I, you cannot find. Uh, there is a you know an ethical code for journalists that's published. I actually have written about it, and it's just a joke uh, because they've literally done everything they can. To instead of the um, you know finders of the truth and reporters of the truth, they're literally hiding it and suppressing it in order to protect an ideology, a very sickening ideology, one that's very corrupt, um, and they're also protecting all of the corruption. They are basically the fourth branch of government. It's become a fascist uh, relationship, um, and I've I've said it before. It's like the Ministry of Truth. Thank you, George Orwell. It is, and this is the year that everyone um, owes a beer to all of their so-called paranoid friends because their paranoid friends have been right all along. Um, no, I feel very vindicated with ReaganBaby.com. Yes, as well not, you should. I wasn't seeing the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, now, the uh, the voter fraud with you know and the, the lack of you know photo ID is one thing. But does any of that matter compared to these electronic voting machines, where, as I mentioned earlier, metaphorically, they could just be sort of unplugged. There's no paper trail. Uh, they can be easily... Let's let's peek inside the inner workings of these electronic voting machines. First of all, I mean, what percentage of um, precincts are using these voting machines? Do we know? Uh, I, I can't, I can't uh, narrow it down to the number of precincts, but what I can tell you is that there are about 30% uh, combined counties and states of all um, uh, voting systems that are electronic. Now, California is all electronic, no paper, absolutely no paper trail, if you can believe that. Nevada has electronic and a paper trail with the electronic. But the, and so does Florida in certain um, areas. I, I, don't, I don't know if all of Florida state is uh, electronic, but uh, Georgia, certain parts. So there are these electronic voting systems, and the ones that don't have a paper trail, you cannot then validate, actually, that your vote really went to the candidate that you wanted, that it wasn't switched. Uh, and that happened time and time again. You look at Nevada here. Uh, there were outcries that people's votes were switched to Harry Reid from Sharon Engel. And guess who controls and calibrates the voting machines in Nevada, the SEIU, one of the largest contributors to Harry Reid, as well as the Democrat Party. Um, so those who control the vote control the election. Uh, but you, we understand that these voting systems can also be hacked. They can be hacked by an outsider simply by downloading uh, some sort of uh, software, and they can remotely as well as uh, tactically um, rig the machines. Uh, so I find it very interesting that all of a sudden the Democrats, uh, because they're so uh, frightened of Trump and his agenda, are now blaming the Russians to get involved in rigging the election. Can it be done? Possibly. But do I think that Russians going to be behind it? 
No, I think the Democrats are just floating this trial balloon to create another boogeyman because they're the ones who can rig a close election, but they can't rig a landslide. Right. And the idea that uh, they would uh, raise the specter of Vladimir Putin as this new bogeyman right. uh, and, and, and drag us to the brink of war. There were reports right. that the U.S. military was at DEFCOM 1, perhaps even DEFCOM 3 over the last several days as P- Putin was you know, asking his people to find the nearest fallout shelter. That the that the Obama White House uh, would would drag the world to the brink of nuclear war as mm-hmm. vengeance for these damning, embarrassing WikiLeaks documents. Correct. This is it's absolutely huge. unbelievable. Well, it, it is, but then when you understand the enemy, you understand their tax, tactics. Um, look. <laughs> Uh, every single country that Hillary Clinton and Obama have touched have been turned to absolute rubble and jihadi playgrounds. Um, we have a very unstable world right now, and they need a boogeyman, so they choose Putin. I find it was an interesting call because uh, Hillary Clinton had no problem selling them 20% of our uranium reserves in order to increase their nuclear capacity, and her and her husband I took $143 million in exchange to the Clinton Foundation from Russian oligarchs. Um, I don't, I find it odd that she all of a sudden thinks Putin is an enemy when her and her husband were uh, financially really responsible of building um, a cyber city uh, right outside of Moscow, who then was accused of using cyber, you know, terror, uh, developed, you know, cyber warfare. So, you know, the Democrats always deflect, and they're the party, the progressive party of projection. Everything that they are, they project on their enemy. And now they're trying to make Donald Trump into a Bill Clinton, and they're trying to make Putin into, uh, uh, you know, uh, George Soros. <laughs> right. And, and, and again, going back to WikiLeaks, the WikiLeaks uh, documents, more the, the more recent ones, have shown that it is John Podesta, Hillary's campaign chair, who actually has... The connections to Putin through a, um, I believe he's on the advisory board of an organization in Russia that's mm-hmm. that's funded by Putin. So right. <laughs> uh, again, though, you, apparently it's illegal to even mention that, according to Chris Cuomo at CNN. I couldn't believe uh, I couldn't believe that. Um, Megan Barth is with us. Reaganbaby.com is the website, and we're talking about, among other things, the. Uh, election integrity project. So uh, we're, we're heading into a break here shortly, but let's let's begin this conversation now. We'll continue it afterwards. What is sort of the call to action from the uh, election integrity project? What do they want people to do? Um, well, uh, I have to go back to that original article. I have three articles. I have the voting system is rigged part one, two, and three. I'm going to have to go back to one, and I'll get back to them perhaps after the next break, and I can get down to exactly what they want. But... Uh, so we can continue. We shall. All right. Megan Barth stays with us. This is perhaps the most, not perhaps, I'm going to stop using that word perhaps. This is the most important U.S. presidential election in that country's history. And what is happening right now, again, your political colors aside, this is absolutely disturbing, depressing, uh, and abhorrent. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. 
The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Welcome back. Megan Barth stays with us. ReaganBaby.com is the website. Reagan, as in President Reagan, as in Reaganomics, ReaganBaby.com. And uh, we're talking about the Election Integrity Project. Uh, before we get to that, let me just ask you the uh, the name of the website, ReaganBaby.com, the significance of, of that, uh, Megan. Uh, yeah, well, I, I couldn't vote for Ronald Reagan, uh, but I did grow up in the Carter malaise, and I was a little bit young, but as a young girl, I kind of felt the malaise, so to speak, and um, just kind of saw and heard my family struggling after church. Every Sunday, we'd get around at my Aunt Nan's table, and there were Democrats and Republicans alike sitting there, and they would it would kind of turn into a crossfire, really. So I was exposed at a young age to debate um, and to policy and to politics, and I noticed that when Reagan came on the TV and he came on the scene, people stopped, they listened. Um, even some of our Democrat uh, family members switched and voted for Reagan. The Reagan Democrats, uh, so, yeah. Pardon? The, the Reagan, Reagan Democrats. Democrats. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And um, so I had always considered myself, my mom always called me a Reagan baby, and uh, that's how ReaganBaby.com got started. Not right. found it, really. All right. So, the, and, uh, But one more thing I yes. should say, of course, you know, Ronald Reagan is my sage, but Andrew Breitbart really was my inspiration mm. in um, seeking the truth and reporting the truth and, and, you know, just really kind of digging into the facts in order to be a good narrator of those. I agree. And Matt Drudge as well, I think. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But Andrew and I worked together on a, a few different projects, and, uh, you know, his death really shook me to the core, and I felt like I needed to do something in order to carry on his legacy in my way. Do you think he was murdered? You know, uh, I've been asked that quite a bit. And um, I wouldn't put it past the left, um, especially because he was supposed to dump a huge block on Obama. Um, but also his coroner died uh, just a, a week or two later. And, and that's what really shook me um, and, and caused me pause mm-hmm. to really, um, I thought, back to back and of all the people, you know, when things don't make sense, they don't make sense. Right, um, right. Well, little does anymore, it, it seems. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So the the call to action from the uh, election integrity project. Let's let's discuss that. What can people well, do? Well, the election, yeah, the election integrity project is specific to California. So if anyone's listening, they can go to electionintegrityproject.com and they can get involved. You can type in your county. You can uh, find out if there's volunteers in your area, and you can all work together. It's a grassroots campaign. There, um, you know, uh, you can donate uh, your time, money, and efforts, etc. But you know, True the Vote out of Houston, Texas, is more of a national organization that I follow. Uh, started by Catherine Engelbrecht, who was actually targeted uh, by uh, multiple federal agencies uh, when she started True the Vote. Um, she and her husband had worked 25 years uh, private. They had their own business. Uh, she decided to start True the Vote because she was seeing election fraud in Houston. And uh, as soon as she started that business, her and her husband had the ATF in their building. They had OSHA in their building. They were under two different IRS audits. Uh, they had the ATF in their building. Uh, they had so many government agencies uh, up their skirts, uh, for lack of a better word, but uh, up their business that uh, they were spending hundreds and thousands of dollars of their own money just to defend themselves and host all these audits and protect themselves. So the federal government was coming after them coincidentally, at the same time uh, that Catherine just decided to start True the Vote. And True the Vote actually has withstood. She testified in, in front of Congress, and she has more of a national uh, database and organization than Election Integrity Project. 
I think it's important for people to understand that <clears throat> this isn't. Um, I mean, it's not a partisan thing. It's not even. It's not even Republican versus Democrat because this is no longer right. even the Republican Party. I don't. It's the Trump Party. It's Reagan reinvented the Republican Party. Nixon reinvented the Republican Party. Eisenhower, to a certain extent, and and Trump is doing the same thing. I mean, Trump is no Reagan conservative. Um, so, I mean, Trump is running as much against the Republican elite. Uh, this two-headed hydra, I call it. I mean, it's the, it's basically Trump versus the War Party, and the War Party is either Republicans and Democrats. Would you agree with that well, assessment? Well, an open border party. I mean, yes. you know, we have to blame our, our open border situation on the Chamber of Commerce and the open border Republicans, like Paul Ryan, um, who has not fixed the uh, even legal immigration system through our visa system. Uh, it's all an open border system. Our visa system isn't protected. It's not validated. People are overstaying their visas. They get lost in the system. Uh, we have uh, terrorists coming over on visas, like out of San Bernardino, the jihadi bride. Literally, the question on the visa was, you know, are you associated with terrorist activities, yes or no? I mean, really? I mean, that, that's our vetting process. Right, right. Um, okay, so one of the things that, that Trump is asking his voters to do uh, particularly in Pennsylvania, because they obviously that's a, a, a vitally important uh, state for the Republicans to, to win. And Trump is asking for voters to show up, I think, in, in wearing red, uh, as in red state, uh, so that it's clear, you know, that that people are there voting for Trump. Because what's likely to happen is, I think it was Mitt Romney uh, in some precincts in Philadelphia, he didn't receive one single vote. When you think about right. it, that's pretty <laughs> inconceivable. Back in 2012, but what do you, we'll, we'll take a time out. I'll get you to, to weigh in on on, on uh, what you think of that plan for people to wear red when they go to cast their ballot. Megan Barth is with us. ReaganBaby.com, the Election Integrity Project, right here on the Conspiracy Show. There's more. Don't go away. You're listening to the Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Megan Barth is the founder and proprietor of ReaganBaby.com and a nationally recognized political commentator. She's appeared on Headline News CNN, Newsmax TV, One America News Network, America Trends with Dr. Gina, The Blaze Radio, and has regularly, uh, regular weekly appearances on a variety of nationally syndicated radio shows. The Blaze, that was Glenn Beck's outfit, wasn't it? Yes, I was on, I'm on with Tommy Laren every once in a while, and I've been on uh, uh, goodness, a bunch of other uh, programs on there. What do you think uh, of, uh, of, of Glenn Beck uh, announcing that he, that, that, the, that he has to vote for Hillary? It's the only moral choice. Uh, I, 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 think, um, I, I think Glenn's not playing with a full deck. I, I haven't thought he's been playing with a full deck since he put Cheetos all over his face, um, and even a little bit before that. Um, so... I'm having a hard time understanding what his level of morality then is, because if truly he was a constitutionalist, as he's claimed to be all of these years, he would protect it. Um, and by not voting for Hillary because of her radical appointees, nominees to uh, all benches, as well as the Supreme Court. All right. Um, before the break, I was uh, talking to you about uh, uh, you know Trump's plea to the voters, particularly in places like Philadelphia. And, I, and you can tell me a little bit later why everyone seems to be so focused on Philadelphia. Uh, but he's encouraging people that go to the polls to vote for him to wear red so that it's obvious that there are people going to vote for him. And uh, if we see uh, in the results 
you know, very low um, votes cast for him that we'll know something's up. What do you think of that strategy? I think it's interesting. I mean, we're 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 talking about Philadelphia because actually 108 percent of the people voted. <laughs> you know, so that's another area where eight percent. Yeah, 108 percent. I mean, you just can't make this up. And then, of course, none of it goes to uh, Mitt Romney. And then, of course, we're faced with another election. Well, has anything been done to clean up the voter rolls in Philadelphia? No, absolutely not. Um, it has not. So we can expect just concurrent fraud. There's been generational fraud going on with this voting system, like I've said, for so long, specifically in heavily Democrat-run districts um, because of the amount of um, illegal immigrants on the rolls as well as others. Uh, but Philadelphia is, uh, you know, the, the Democrats are becoming unhinged uh, because Donald Trump is really doing well in communities of color. We look at, um, you know, Hispanic uh, tabulations, Latinos. We look at African Americans, and, and Trump has been kicking down these doors, walking into these communities, and really he's uh, doing quite well there. They say he's up to 40% in some Texas communities with the African American vote. Well, we have the, the, um, the, uh, the LA, uh, Daily, uh, poll, right. which has, I mean, it's, it's, it's been called an outlier poll because it uses a little different methodology, although it was very, very accurate in 2012, uh, and is often dismissed by the other polls. Uh, and at one point, I know that nationally, uh, Trump was polling uh, almost 20 percent with African Americans, but that was not reflected in any other any other poll. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, let's, uh, there's two thoughts. One, I, I like the LA Times poll, and I was going to go into that, so thank you. And, and I think that you will see a minimum of 20%. I wouldn't be surprised if Trump gets into the high 20s um, with the African-American vote, um, specifically because of jobs and borders and schools. School um, choice is huge. School choice is absolutely School huge. School choice is huge. It's absolutely huge. And, and I've said this before, and I learned this from watching The Providence Effect. Uh, which is education breaks the chains of poverty. And so when you have these institutions of education in these inner cities that are literally not graduating um, or graduating at fourth grade reading level, if they're lucky and only 40% of them are graduating, I mean, this is just generational theft of, of knowledge um, and uh, concurrent poverty, generational poverty. So if he can really, he's, he's talking to, you know, what do you have to lose? It's a brilliant question. Why not? Some of these communities have been run for 70, 80, 90 years by Democrats. So it's time to try some perhaps free market principles and some Republican ideas. What's happening in Chicago? I mean, Chicago is often held up as, you know, we, we talk about Sam Giancana throwing ballot boxes into Lake Michigan and so forth. Uh, is there any evidence that there's some skullduggery happening again in, in Chicago, which is Hillary Clinton's hometown? Well, there's always skullduggery in Chicago. I'm from right outside Chicago. You know, the mob uh, ran Chicago, and, and if it wasn't the mob, it was the politicians who had direct ties to the mob, like Daly. Um, so there was always a, a nefarious relationship uh, going on, and, and politics. Uh, Springfield doesn't run Illinois. Chicago runs Illinois, and so do the aldermen in Chicago, and that's been a complete nepotism uh, task of corruption uh, for as long as I can remember. Um, and that's just how business was done and is done. Is there any any evidence? Um, I, I'm hearing rumblings, and again, this is totally unsubstantiated, but I'm hearing rumblings that somebody discovered, uncovered some ballot boxes already, and these are, these are not advanced polls, 
but ballot boxes already stuffed with Democrat ballots. Have you heard anything about that, or is that just pure, pure uh, unsubstantiated rumor? Um, I have not heard anything about that, but I wouldn't be surprised because I always said that there's ballot boxes waiting in some warehouse to flood, you know, different districts where the Democrats think they can uh, pull ahead with a few more thousand, just like they did in Minnesota. Um, you know, I wouldn't put it past them. Look, like I said, they, they rigged the primary. <laughs> so why wouldn't they rig the national? Like they, and they, they rigged the primary without, they, they fired Debbie Wasserman Schultz, uh, and Donna Brazil was part of it, and they they actually uh, what gave Dom, Donna Brazil a promotion, and three other people were fired at the DNC because of the rigging. But yet, you don't hear about it in the press. We should point out as well, Donna Brazil was uh, a, and I, I I I've always liked Donna Brazil. You know, I I always thought, uh, you know, that she was you know, reasonably you know fair and balanced whenever I've seen her. And she was a CNN uh, uh, commentator. She was working with CNN. At the time, and uh, again, WikiLeaks um, released this document, which tends to prove that Donna Brazil gave questions to Hillary Clinton in advance uh, of, a, of a town hall debate. I mean, that is that's collusion and 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 journalistic malpractice of the worst degree. Absolutely, and yet she just denies it, and she's still in the same role. This is all corruption. It's all fraud. It's, it's waved in our face because who's going to hold them accountable? The press isn't going to hold themselves accountable. Uh, Barack Obama certainly isn't going to hold them accountable, and neither is Hillary Clinton because they're all working together. It's just one big corrupt cabal. Megan Barth is the founder and proprietor of ReaganBaby.com. Um, why do you think the press is so brazen about this um, right now is it because i mean why does trump i understand why trump re- represents such an existential threat uh to the to the elites the political elites republican or democrat it makes no matter but why is trump a, such an existential threat to the mainstream media well, because he's a threat to their candidate, Hillary Clinton. Look, we've been calling the uh, CNN, the Clinton News Network, for a very long time for a reason. Now, finally, we have the proof. We've all been vindicated. Um, the press is in bed. You look at the executives. Um, you know, not necessarily the, the journalists, if there are any journalists left, uh, but many of the journalists and reporters lean to the right. Uh, the White House Correspondents' Dinner is like their Grammys or their Oscars. And uh, a lot of them are being paid, you know, tens of millions of dollars to anchor, and so they're sending their schools to the Tony Upper East Side, where Chelsea and Hillary and Bill like to hang out. Um, so they, they, you know, they are in the same elite circles. Uh, you also have uh, journalism schools that are being run by George Soros, and people are calling themselves journalists. Uh, so I think the word journalist is somewhat uh, watered down as well as reporter. Their bias is inherent, it seems, um, and also cultural. Um, I, I think that they're brazen in what they're doing because they're doubling down, just like the Democrats do. Why take any accountability? Then you admit one ounce of guilt. You admit one ounce of guilt, you're 100% guilty. So they're going to double down on the distraction, the deflection, and the denial. Yeah, George Soros. Now, you know, um, there's kind of an unsavory character. I mean, the, the, the allegations are out there about George Soros. They're out there. They're public domain for anyone who cares to read them. But this is a, um, a man who has been accused of corroborating with the Nazis 
during the Second World War in Hungary, his native Hungary, uh, where he was at a very young age. Uh, again, these are the allegations uh, that he was aiding and abetting the uh, the local Nazis in identifying and turning over uh, Jewish property to the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is someone that our own prime minister has cozied up to and had selfies taken with George Soros. I mean, uh, again... Well, George Soros is a huge financier of... Um of campaigns that fund Hillary Clinton. He's donated tens of millions of dollars into her campaign as well as through other. He has over 184 different 501c3 foundations that operate at about a $932 million budget. Um, you have, uh, he is uh, definitely a communist. He was behind the, the uh, refugee program that was, that came out in Wik- WikiLeaks. Um, there was a whole WikiLeaks leak on George Soros and, you know, one of it is just it's so thick. You saw how every facet of what the Democrat Party is doing is truly by their puppet maker, George Soros, their puppet master, George Soros. You know, he wants open borders, too. You know, the refugee crisis creates the cloward piven model whereby you overthrow the system by flooding the system with refugees or those that are in need of the government dole. It, I almost have the sense, Megan, that I'll use the term globalist. Because that's what we're dealing with here. They they almost they almost there's the sense I think that the, their their end game is so close it's within reach that they're all in now on this because mm-hmm. they can smell it they can taste it and and likewise the the uh, the elites in the mainstream media that's why they're being so brazen because they're just inches away from realizing this globalist agenda. What do you think? Oh, absolutely, and this is the election. I mean, this truly, and I've said this before, might be a little melodramatic for some, but I believe it's to be, it's true. It's the, the, uh, age-old fight between good and evil. And, and when you look at, uh, the platform of Hillary Clinton, uh, and when you just look at open borders, for example, that's a very evil thing to do. When you look at, uh, the, uh, what WikiLeaks has uncovered about keeping the people ignorant, that's a very evil thing to do. Uh, when you look at her actions in Benghazi, ignoring 600 requests for help from Christopher Stevens, whereby WikiLeaks proved her own advisor thought she was guilty uh, of negligence in Benghazi, um, that is evil. Uh, uh, you lie not, in front of four flag-draped caskets, that's evil. And that's, that's not... To our men coming back from Benghazi. Let's not forget recent revelations that um, Libyan leader Gaddafi was ready to sign off on a uh, on a surrender and a peace agreement, and um, Hillary Clinton. The allegation is because of a vendetta she had against Gaddafi, because Gaddafi had supported Obama in the previous election. She she said, "No, I'll have none of it. We're, we're going to finish the job." And then, of course, we know what happened: a, a failed nation, a failed nation, and a vacuum and uh, an ISIS launching pad. Uh, Megan, we are out of time. Um, I'm hoping we might be able to, to, to work you in again before the uh, the election. Would you be good for that if we can swing it somehow? Um, sure. You just do the contact AJ and we'll, we'll get it set up. I'm sure I'm sure I'll make some time and have some time. Absolutely. Thank you, Richard. Megan Barth, ReaganBaby.com. Thank you. Uh, my thanks to uh, Ian Robertson, as always. Our remote viewer, success, Albert. Congratulations. He nailed it. What's in the box? Well, almost. It was an olive, he said. A garden pepper. 
Uh, I got to give him. I have to give him that one. I mean, that's too close. All right. Uh, back next week with a brand new program. Who do we have again, Albert? Next week. Oh, Ali Siadatan, Goliath's Rising. Goliath Rising is a new documentary. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light, and what I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home.